0: The book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, and verse number 11. And when you have it, say amen. 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 We'll wait on the other ones that didn't participate with
1: that.
0: (laughs) Amen. Jeremiah, chapter 29, number 11. Some of you got the Bibles with the little thumb tabs and so you guys are just cheating. Amen. The rest of us are trying to remember where all the Bibles memorized. We're like, okay, let's go to the prophets again. Amen. Jeremiah, 29, and 11. And it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. And the New International Version, amen, a version that we uh, often go to for the scripture, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, you. plans to give you hope and a future. Thank you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares you. the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future amen I want to just talk for a few moments here today on uh, the master planner the master planner amen let's ask the Lord to talk to us here for a few moments Lord we thank you for your word we thank you Lord for the the awesome word of God that we hold in our hands today I am praying right now God that your anointing would be upon my lips of clay I pray, God, You would use me, speak through me as the oracles of God, as the mouthpiece of God. I ask You, Lord, that at that moment of this service, God, that the anointing would shift, God, from the pulpit to the pew, God, and there would be a response to Your Word, oh God that mankind could not manufacture, that we could not muster up God, but that it would be a holy, divine response in the lives of every listener today, Lord. And God, that ultimately we would not be hearers of the Word only, but that we would be doers of the Word of God. I pray in Jesus' name, have your way here today. We'll give you the glory and honor. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing here. You could be seated for a few moments. Amen. The, uh, through the study of the different sciences, there's a word, teleology, or teleology, and it is a study of design and purpose in nature. Amen. The study of design and purpose in nature. William Paley, in his book entitled Natural Theology, gave the example of a man who crossed a field and found two objects lying on the ground, a watch and a stone. The finder of the watch and the stone immediately recognized that nothing was unusual about the stone and that the watch was in a different category altogether. For the watch displayed planning and craftsmanship, beauty and usefulness. The watch clearly required a watchmaker. Amen. Perhaps we're starting at very elementary thoughts here this morning, but stay with me for a few moments. It was not just the complexity, uh, it was not just the product of weathering and erosion, the watch. Amen. Not just the product of weathering and erosion as the rock was. Paley applied this common sense principle to earth's life forms. The complexity of living creatures far surpassed that of any watch ever constructed. Amen. I'll say that again. The complexity of living creatures, that's you and I. That's the four-footed beast. That's the the fowl of the air. Amen. It surpasses that of any watch that's ever been constructed. Amen. Surely the design seen in living system requires a designer. Amen. Surely the design seen in living systems requires a designer. Amen. I will tell you that you and I did not uh, somehow pop into existence. We did not explode into uh, a state of order and uh, and into a state of beauty of what we are today. Amen. This recognition of intelligent planning in nature is known as a teleological argument. The universe appears to be carefully designed for the well-being of mankind from the atomic level up to the galaxies and beyond. Another man by the name of Gary Parker used a similar example of someone strolling down a creek bed and finding a pebble of some interesting shape and then spotting an Indian arrowhead. Whereas time, amen, whereas time and chance and erosion rounded the pebble, it is obvious that natural processes did not form the sharp angular chips of the Indian arrowhead. Amen. There is differences uh, in design and there is one that requires, amen, uh, humanistic design and one that is just left to the elements and without seeing the Indian, amen, or his arrowhead making process, this person immediately can recognize evidence of design and purpose. Amen. You can look at just a regular pebble or stone in the walkway and just perhaps not give it any thought, but the moment you see a an arrowhead and you see that the human has chiseled off the edges To make it a pointed object, amen. In your mind, you're thinking, well, somebody else was here and somebody else put that arrowhead into existence and they they formed that arrowhead, amen. Or you could consider, uh, still another man can use the illustration of two people approaching a sandcastle on a beach, amen. A sandcastle on a beach, one believes that someone made it, well, the other thinks that it got there by random forces of the wind and waves, Amen. I don't know about you, but oftentimes if I've seen a sandcastle there's been a little small child, or perhaps a mom alongside the child with some different buckets and, and different things helping to form that sandcastle and having a memorable moment in that child's existence, uh, making beautiful memories. Amen. But nobody ever walked along a beach uh, and along the seashore and saw a sandcastle and thought, well, wow, that's pretty cool how the waves did that. That's pretty interesting. Wow, that must have been a really interesting wave and wind that just came across it. Amen. There was a specific uh, elements that were at play in the creation of the sandcastle. We could also consider here in America another famous American monument uh, in the Black Hills region of South Dakota that we know as Mount Rushmore. Amen. One can honestly assess the famous granite carving and conclude that just the right amount of wind and rain form the faces of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Amen. Nobody goes to visit the Black Hills of South Dakota and says, wow, that was uh, some interesting wind. And perhaps people just throwing rocks at the side of this mountain and and it began to form the faces of some presidents that we happen to know. Amen. But on the contrary, the wise man must come to the realization that there was someone. Amen. We know it to be Gutzon Borglum and his son Lincoln Borglum who dedicated roughly 14 years of their life to chiseling away at the massive piece of granite. There was intelligent design as it relates to Mount Rushmore. Now consider in nature the walnut shell which is designed to preserve the meat that's inside and to provide seed for future trees. The strength to weight ratio of the walnut shell is phenomenal. The shell is a rigid dome shape with with a heavily corrugated surface and is made of very lightweight material. Is the design of the walnuts a product of evolution or is there a master designer? You can look at many different elements throughout nature and throughout our existence and throughout our world amen modern science would leave everything to chance amen but our god does not leave anything to chance amen, amen. people in this world and the humanistic philosophies of the colleges and the schools that the, that we have amen and we're thankful for the education amen and and oftentimes as you approach college and schools, amen, you've got to amen, begin to sort through in your mind what is the stuff you need to throw away, what's the stuff you've got to keep. Amen. Mankind would teach our children and our young people in colleges that things are left to time and to chance. Amen. But it's not so with the God that we serve. Amen. The God that I serve today did not leave my life to time and chance. Amen. But I know that all throughout my life, even from a child, amen, God was working to create something beautiful in my life. And I know from your life, amen, that God did not leave your life to time and chance. Amen. But God looked at your life and said, I've got to. beautiful in their life and it's not going to be so amen so that others will look at their life and say wow you just got lucky amen, amen. nobody will be able to look at the life of this amen this great church and say well they just got lucky amen they just had it amen a, a certain set of fortunate things happen in their lives and created amen the life that they have and then and it's and given them the things that they have in life amen but we will always look And point others to a God of heaven and say, if it had not been for God on my side, where would I be? And I want to tell somebody in this place today, amen, you may look at your life and you may think, well, amen, it's just time and chance. Amen, but I want to tell you, God is working things out for your good today. Hallelujah, God does not leave anything to time and chance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The shell of the walnut, a rigid dome shape with a heavily corrugated surface and made of very lightweight material. Amen. God does not leave anything to chance. We could go down to the most basis, the most base type of creature. We could go down to the, the, the very minute sort of uh, type of animal talking about an earthworm. Amen. That thing that you probably stomped on and you walked all over on your way to church. God forgive me. Amen. I'm just kidding. Even the earthworm is a specially designed creature that provides food for the birds. The earthworm burrows through the ground making an important contribution to the fertilization, the aeration and drainage of the soil, even God himself took time to design and plan the earthworm to be a servant of the plant world oh, God took the time for that little earthworm that we, pro- we stepped on a thousand times and we, we swept it away through the trash. God took the time to design the earthworm yeah. amen for the fertilization and the aeration. Of the the soil, so that plants could grow. God began to think of every minute thing. Amen. God went down to the very uh, the most uh, detailed thing in life, and God said, "I'm gonna. There's gonna be intelligent design. There's gonna be uh, there's gonna be something that I put to work in an earthworm. I'm gonna put my my design and my intelligence to work and create the wallet shell and create the the various things in life." just to show you that if I did for a lousy earthworm, if I did for a woman's shell, how much more are you important in the eyes of God? How much more is your family important before God? Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I believe in a God of heaven that's looking down on this group of people right now. And God wants you to know I've got my eyes on you. My heart set on these people. I want to bless them. I want to use them. I want to do great things through their life. Oh, let's lift our hands and let's give Him praise right now. God, I thank you all that there is a master planner at work in my life. Oh, there's a master planner at work in my life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we love you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And lastly, we could consider one of the tallest animals on the face of the earth. Amen. The giraffe with heights reaching up to 18 feet the giraffe has an extra large heart in order to pump the blood all the way up to the head through that long neck of the giraffe that towers at heights of 18 feet. The brain of the giraffe would be damaged without sufficient blood and would also be damaged with too much blood to the brain in the case of bending its neck down to drink. Amen. God thought about all these different things. God took the time. Amen. But the giraffe has some valves in the blood vessels of the neck which close, preventing the blood from rushing to the brain. God took the time for the animals of the field, for the uh, the fruit of the tree, for the things that... The worms that burrow their way through the ground. God took the time, amen, to design, amen. There was intelligent design, amen, throughout the world, throughout the world in which you and I live. And, and I do not believe, amen, I don't leave these detailed designs of nature Amen, of nature and to time and chance as evolutionists do. But I believe, amen, that there is a God in heaven who spoke the worlds into existence and set the galaxies in motion. Amen, I believe that there is a God that looks at your life and He's looking at my life and He's saying, Why don't you put your will? Why don't you put your future into my hands? Amen. Why don't you put your future, why don't you put your family, why don't you put your finances, why don't you put your heart into my hands? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. On the sixth day, amen, of creation, God performed his best work. Amen. On the sixth day of creation. God performed his best work. And that's when God began to stoop down onto the ground. And began to form man from the dust of the earth. From the clay of the earth. And God began to form you with his bare hands. For everything else in creation, God would simply speak a word. God would simply, amen, allow His word to go forth. And let there be light, and there was light. And God would say, let the waters be separated from the waters. Amen, and the waters would be separated from the waters, created the atmosphere, and created the seas of the earth. And God would speak all of these things into existence, but when it came time for you and for me. Hallelujah. When it came time to create you and I, God said, I'm not going to just speak a word, but I'm going to get radically involved in the construction and the creation of this human life. God got down on the ground. The Lord God, the Bible says, Genesis 2 and 7, formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Even the second law of thermodynamics teaches us that systems left to themselves go to a condition of greater and greater disorder. Amen, the second law of thermodynamics and science teaches you that things left to itself, amen, they continue to get worse and worse. And- and continue to go into greater and greater chaos and disorder. Amen. But that's what evolution would teach. Evolution teaches that on the contrary, amen, violating the laws of thermodynamics, that things begin to get better and better. And things begin to come into order, and accidents begin to happen that just were fortunate accidents. Amen. And and that's what evolution teaches. But the law of thermodynamics, amen, the second law teaches us that things left to itself go into a state of greater and greater disorder. For all of you moms and dads out there, look at your kids' bedrooms. (laughs) Left to itself, worse and worse. Amen. Amen. Greater and greater disorder. The more you pull away, amen, the more sometimes maybe you got wonderful kids. And I think a lot of you are wonderful. I think you're all wonderful. Amen. But I know there are times in my life, amen, where my bedroom would get worse and worse and worse. Unless I had a mom and dad saying, clean up your room, buddy, you're going to get the belt. And so I I know, amen, that things left to themselves get worse and worse. Amen. You can look at your own life, many of you, before the Lord got involved and your life was getting worse and worse, spiraling downward, getting more and more out of control until God began to show up in your life and God began to bring uh, order from your chaos. God began to set things in order in your chaotic life. God began to work in your life. Amen. The. Theory of evolution does not permit extraneous processes requiring the activity of an external agent or creator but is basically that particles evolved into elements and elements into complex chemicals and complex chemicals into simple life forms and simple life forms into complex life and complex life into man by means of innate properties Sounds believable, wouldn't you say? Amen. Things just got better and better. I don't know, but without God in my life, things get worse and worse. And I can watch it, amen, over a matter of days as I begin to pull away from the altar of prayer. As I begin to pull away from the house of God, amen, things begin to happen worse and worse in my life. And I begin to realize I need God. To bring order back to my life, I need God to bring some sort of direction in my life. I need that anchor in my soul. I need God to help me in my life. The twin pillars of evolution, uh, of evolutionary thought, are chance and eons of time. The twin pillars of evolutionary thought are chance and eons of time. So, time is the history of evolution. However, population growth statistics show that if man had been here millions and millions of years and there would be millions and millions of people all standing on top of each other and we would all be crushed. There are so many things throughout the word of God that we can, uh, we as we pull away from science and the, the pages of study, the textbook, that we begin to dive into the scriptures and the word of God, we can see how God had a plan. God, that master planner, was working all things out for the good of his people Amen! As we study the history of the, the Hebrew people, Amen! It was God that brought the Hebrews to a place called Egypt that they would find sustenance through the famine that was to come. Amen! They did not understand what was happening in their lives and in the history of their nation and they perhaps thought God could have promised on our lives. Why are we here in slavery? Why are we here? And God was bringing them sustenance and we know, amen, that many other things would happen that God would bring them out of slavery. But through it all, God had a plan for their life. And God was ordering the steps of his people in back in the Old Testament. Because God knew the future. God knew what was down below. And many times, you and I, we don't know what's down below. But when we put our lives into God's hands, God said, I want to show you something. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to show that I've got a plan for your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God brought them to Egypt for preservation and for growth. God used the trials in their life Thank you, Jesus. to see their growth and their strength. God used the things in their lives that they thought, amen, didn't make sense for their preservation and for their growth. And God brought them out of Egypt. With a mighty hand, the Bible says. Consider also how at one particular moment in the history of the people of God, Queen Vashti, the Bible calls her, would rebel against her husband, the king. And the king would throw her out of the palace and search throughout the entire kingdom for another replacement, another bride, another queen. And God, in His infinite wisdom, knew what lied, what was down the road. God knew that down the road there would arise a Haman that would try to condemn the people of God to extermination, and that would try to eliminate, uh, physically eliminate, and kill off the seed, the promises of God. Amen. And God began to work things out in the life, uh, uh, the, the history of the people of God. And Queen Vashti would be expelled from the kingdom. And the king would go throughout the land searching. he would find himself a replacement bride. He would find himself, a, amen, Queen Esther to fill the role of Queen Vashti. And the Bible says that because God was working in the lives of the people of God, that Queen Esther, amen, would be elevated uh, to the, the throne area where the king was by, by uh, amen, by avenue of her relationship to the king, lesbian queen, And the Bible says that as time would arise, Haman would try to uh, create some sort of a ruling within the kingdom that every Hebrew person would be put to death. Amen. But God knew. Amen. And God began to place Queen Esther at the helm of the kingdom. Amen. Long before God, before the people knew about the storm that they were going to face. Long before the people of God ever knew about the adverse. Situation, God was already working things out for their good. They didn't know it. Amen. But God was working on their behalf. And the Bible says that Queen Esther. Amen. And she would approach the king. Amen. She would go before the king. And she would intercede for the kingdom of. And for the people of God. That there would. God would touch the heart of the king. God would touch the heart of the king. To change the ruling. So that the people of God could be preserved. Many things you can go throughout the word of God. And you can look at many things. Many stories that happened. Many things that took place. And you have to come to grips with the fact that God had a plan for his people. God knew exactly what was going to happen. God knew exactly what was going to take place. Amen. The shortest route is not always the one that God sends us on. Sometimes it seems like it's a detour. But it is the plan of God. And there are no shortcuts along the path that God has for your life. There are no shortcuts. Amen. Sometimes we look at our lives and think, why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? Why? 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 But if you will reach a point in your life where you say, God, I am putting my life into your hands. God, I'm giving myself to you again. God, you have it all figured out. God, I don't know why things are happening. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what my future holds. But I know a God that holds my future. God, and I will put my life into your hands. And I will tell you as you... Hit your face before God on the ground and you hit your knees on the ground before God. And you reach out to God and you say, God, I submit myself to you. God, I surrender myself to you. God, I want to do what that preacher's talking about. I want to obey my pastor. I want to obey the word of God. And you submit yourself to the preached word of God. Amen. And to the plan of God for your life, you will see that all things will work together for your good in the end it will all make sense in the end it will all make sense hallelujah God is the one that holds my future he knows my past and he's guiding me through the present he's in control of my life and I'm submitting myself to him hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to be of that simple mindset that Mary the mother of Jesus was. When Mary the mother of Jesus questioned how she could have a baby being that she was a virgin, the angel Gabriel spoke to her and said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I don't know... How Amen. it all works out. I don't know what happens next in my life. But I know that with God. Yes. It's possible. Yes. I know that with God. In my life. That's it's right. possible. That's right. And that's why we preach so much about the Holy Ghost. And the necessity for the infield of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is that paraclete. It's that one that comes alongside. And when you have the Holy Ghost. You've got God on the inside. And nothing shall be impossible. Amen. There's nothing that's impossible with God. Amen. Does not matter, amen, what the doctor's reports are. Does not matter what your financial future looks like. Does not matter, amen, with the things you're dealing with in your life. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. my hands one more time unto the Lord and give me
2: praise oh I
0: worship you Lord oh hallelujah 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 considerable Joseph had a from God. Amen. Joseph, amen. God spoke to him and said, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you great. The sun and the moon is gonna bow down to you, and the eleven stars are gonna bow down to you. And God put favor upon Joseph's life. But it was just a matter of time before Joseph found himself in a pit. Amen. Being sold into slavery. Joseph found himself with that coat. Amen, that uh, amen. showed the favor of his father upon his life. Uh, being rent from here and being torn in pieces. Uh, and blood splattered on that, cloak, that coat. Uh, amen, Joseph, that man of a great dream. Uh, that man of great promise. Uh, now being sold into slavery. God, that dream was from you, God. I know that I heard from God. God, I went to church last Sunday. I went to church on Wednesday. The preacher preached. That was for me, God. But God, today it's Monday afternoon. And God, I'm questioning things. God, I'm wondering, God, are you still God? God, are you still in control? God has a plan for your life. He's the master planner. And he's working all things out for your good. Amen. He's going to work it all out for your good. Amen. The Bible says that all things work together for the good to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. All things work together for the good to them who are the called according to his purpose. Somebody say all things. things. Come on, say it again. All All things. All things work together for the good to them who are the called. According to his purpose. So even Joseph in a pit being sold into slavery. then Even Joseph being found. Amen. In a jail cell. Amen. Having a promise of God in his life. But not yet knowing how it's going to work out. Joseph, I want to tell you. God's going to work it out for your good. Hey, friend, God it's going to work it out for your good. To them who are on the call according to His purpose. Hallelujah. Are you living your life according to God's purpose? Are you living your life according to your purpose? Have you, amen, allowed God to have His purpose, have His will in your life? Or is it still you trying to force things to happen? Have you allowed God to lead you, to guide you? Or is it you that's just forcing things and saying, well, I want God to do this. And so I'm going to make it happen instead of saying, God, I'm just going to let the roses, I'm going to let the rose petals unfold. God, I'm going to just let it unfold in my life. That it could be something beautiful. And then others could say, look what the Lord has done in my life. God, you've got a plan for my life. You're the master planner. And I'm going to let it unfold in my life. I'm going to let it unfold in my life. How do you let Jesus. it unfold? It's yeah. by daily getting underneath Thank before God. saying, yeah. God, Thank you, you help me. Yeah. God, you make a way. God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to get job applications. I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm apply for this, I'm gonna apply for that, but God, you've got to be the one to make the way, God. I'm gonna do my part, God. I'm gonna do everything in my power, God. I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna study the word, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna pay my tithe, I'm gonna do everything that I can, but God, I'm not gonna force anything to happen. I'm gonna let it Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Joseph in that pit would have turned his back on God. If Joseph in that, that dungeon, that jail said would have turned his back on God, he would have never known what it was to stand second in command over all of Egypt and spare an entire world from a great seven years of famine. Amen. If Joseph had turned his back on God when things were rough, when things got hard, and when he had questions, he would have never stood second in command before all of Egypt and before all of the known world. Amen. I want to tell you today, don't make rash decisions at the lowest point in your lives. But allow God to lead you out. Allow God to bring you out. The master planner. He told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation." Before he was ever born, God was looking at the prophet Jeremiah's life and said, I'm going to do this in his life. I wonder what God thought when you were in your mother's womb. I wonder what God thought as you came to an altar and you repented of your sins and you began to lift up your holy hands to the Lord and say, God, I surrender. I wonder what passes through the mind of God as he looks at a person's life at an altar. With complete surrender and God says, that's what I wanted to see. When they're fully surrendered. When they're doing their part. I'm going to show my power. I'm going to show my infinite wisdom. It's not going to be on the level of a walnut shell. Not going to be on the level of an earthworm. Not going to be on the level of a giraffe. It's something far more significant. Far more impactful. Far more eternal. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can look at the lineage of Jesus. From Adam. To Enoch who walked with God. To Abraham the father of the faithful. To Boaz. To Obed. To Jesse. To King David. To Solomon. To Zerubbabel. To Joseph and Mary. To Jesus. All throughout that lineage God was working things out. God was paving the way. Amen. These people that I just read their names had failures in their life. They messed up. Amen. David killed, uh, he killed and he had an adulterous relationship. Abraham was willing to give his wife to the Pharaoh. Lied, it's my sister. Lives are marked with failures. But through the failures, they came back and said, God, I messed up. God, I'm going to give my life to you. God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I want to please you. I want to be a part of something great. I want to be a part of something that is uh, impactful, something that will help change my world. And because people, amen, that they may have messed up, they may have fallen and made mistakes, they got back up and say, God, I want to please you. God, I want your will in my life. Amen. Through the lineage of these people, amen, could come. Jesus Christ, amen, the son of David. Amen. As as, uh, Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. Amen. David was a man of failures, but he was a man that said, I want to please God. I've got to get back on track. I've got to allow the plan of God to unfold in my life. God has a plan for your life. But just like God has a plan for your life, the devil has a plan. Just the same. And the Bible says that he has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's come to steal the joy you get on a Sunday morning. As soon as you walk out of the doors of the church, he's there to steal it away. You receive a word from God and the devil's right there wanting to steal it away. And then perhaps you allow the devil to steal the joy. It's just a matter of time before he's looking to kill your spirituality. And if he can kill your spirituality, if he can kill your walk with God, he can destroy your family. Make no mistake about it, that's exactly what the devil wants to do. If he can just steal your joy, then He can kill your spirituality. And if He can kill you spiritually, He will destroy your family. He will destroy, amen, all of those people that God has called you to reach. Amen, there is a plan for your life not to just come and be blessed on Sunday morning, but that from here, amen, this could serve as a launching pad for when you leave this place and say, God, who can I touch today? God, who can I bless today? bless me now let me be a blessing but when you allow the enemy to steal your joy and to steal your Holy Ghost and to steal a word from God in your life he's working on killing you he's working on taking you out and if he takes you out he takes your children he takes your mom and dad he takes your brothers and sisters he takes Yeah. Amen. We had an incredible service last Sunday, and it seemed like this week the devil fought and fought and fought and fought. Because he knows if he can take you out, brother Tim, he'll take your family. If he can take you out, sister Dooley, he's taking your kids. If he can take you out, brother Roll, he's taking everything you ever you ever prayed for. That's right. He knows. If I can just steal something right now. As i are walking out on Sunday morning. If I can just steal that joy. If I can cause mom and dad to get into an argument. If I can cause, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let your will be done here this morning, God. Oh, let the Holy Ghost bring revelation, bring help that we need today.
2: Jesus,
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah,
2: hallelujah.
0: It was in the 1970s. It was back in the 1970s that a young backslidden preacher doing his own thing, running from God, running from hurt, running from pain. Find himself a young lady and begin dating of Baxlin State. But way back in the mid-1970s, a man and his girlfriend through the process of their dating relationship, this young lady would find her way to an apostolic church. For the first time in her life, she would feel God. And God would fill with the Holy Ghost. She would be baptized in Jesus' name. This young lady, a man approached her boyfriend, this black black baxton preacher, and tell her, I'm going to live for God now. I'm not going to be a part of this relationship. And this man, a man ran from God for many years. But on this particular occasion, he said, God, it's now or never. I'm going to give my life to you, God. I know I've messed up. I've done a lot of things. But God, I believe you've got a plan for my life. And somehow this has to all make sense in the end. Somehow, God, you've got to make make right my wrongs, God you got to help me. And on, as that man began to surrender to God, on May the 4th, 1977, my dad married my mom. And they just they didn't know how it would work out. They didn't have all the answers. They just said, God, we're going to give our lives to you. God, we're just gonna say yes to you. Each and every step, God, it's in your hands. It's in your hands, God. I got questions more than I've more than I've got answers, God. But I'm gonna give my life to you. I'm gonna say yes to God. I'm gonna surrender everything. and Alex and Kathy Cameron said yes to God way back in 1977 there's a church that's here today over 30 years there's a church you, you may wonder why you go through things in your life you may wonder God, how does this make sense? How, God? But if you can find your place to an altar and say, God, you don't have to tell me the answers. I'm just going to trust you. God, I'm just going to find my way to an altar. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my life into your hands, God. And you, the one that makes all things new, God you the one that's the master planner, God. You're going to work it out for my good if I just submit myself to God and surrender myself to God. There came a point in my life as a young man where I found my way to God. And I said, God, I surrender to You. I know You've got a plan for my life. I know You've got a plan for my future. And i surrender to You, God. And I will tell you today that if you will make that commitment, that decision, God, I'm going to surrender to you. God, I'm just going to give you what I have, my heart, my life, my soul. God, I know you'll take care of my family. And could it be that 30 years down the road, if the Lord tarries, you sit in church looking over, a group of people that you affected, you won to God. And they're living for God because of a Sunday morning like this morning where you found your face at an altar. And said, God, I give it to you. God, I give it to you. I surrender. I surrender. Why don't we close our eyes and why don't we lift up our hands all across this house and why don't we talk with him right now? Oh as we sing, why don't we just lift up our voices you not Amen. Mm-hmm.